Kia ora and welcome to Inside Parliament, a weekly catch-up where we discuss all of the political stories we've been covering this week for One News. We're coming to you from the legendary Beehive studio. I'm Mikey Sherman. I'm Benedict Collins. And I'm Jessica Machvakai. And the three amigos are back together again. Yeah, it's been a few weeks. We've been all over the place, so it's good to have a three-person podcast again. It is indeed. Yeah. Yeah, Matt King will be happy. Yeah, Matt King will be happy. happy. Yeah, he pulled us up on that the other day and said he was sick of having just two of us here, so um, he'll enjoy this, hopefully. So let's dive straight into our peaks, because we're happy to be back together. Benedict, what's your peak this week? Well, I think it's been just an enormous week at at Parliament. There's been so much going on. Um, Just briefly, I think, uh, you know, a few of the highlights, we've had our poll... um, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to um, uh, Guy Espiner's interview on Radio New Zealand at the start of the week with Simon Bridges about the culture review that we um, uh, discussed last week as well. That was uh, entertaining listening. Um, yeah, just lots of questions around around the National Party at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, just, of course, the government canning the capital gains tax as well. It's been a huge week. It's been a lot of fun. Massive, I don't, eh? Yeah. Yeah. My... Um, peak is definitely the poll, uh, it always, as it always is. Um, it's just great to be able to fossick through the numbers. Um, I still get really excited looking at them. I should perhaps reflect on um, my life choices if that's what makes me so excited. But it's just really, it, it's really interesting to see how it develops. So um, yeah, that's my peak this week. Yeah, love a good poll. My peak this week uh, was the government's announcement around um, capital gains tax yesterday, major back down, um, huge issue, very divisive. Um, so really good to sort of um, see that issue sort of uh, nutted out and, and, and see a decision on that. Um, no doubt we'll sort of debate the ins and outs later on. Yeah. Um, but we're throwing to our first track now. Do you do pets? Oh shoot! Or should we just be positive? We can nah, be positive. Nah, I love a good pet. Okay, I love a good. <laughs> I, I like to get something yeah. that's on your goat. Yeah, well, yeah. I like that saying. Is, that, should be, that should be a section just for Benedict. <laughs> yeah. You, you uh, go first. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't really have a have a pet moment. I've just Liar. been so busy. <laughs> <laughs> My pet um, this week has been. I f- I feel like Twitter has been a bit feral this week. Like I just have found that. Twitter's frustrated me for a couple of days. I had to take like a little mini break until this morning because I just found it a little bit frustrating and the things that you want to... I don't usually engage too much with people on Twitter. I find it a frustrating thing. But I just found this week particularly frustrating and just sort of like saying things to your Name phone. and shame, sister. Oh, I just, <laughs> but there's so many. So yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like it's too long. But it's going to be yeah, a long podcast. Just, yeah, some of those, some weeks you're just like, oh, it's so annoying. So I did find that this week. Um, but I did tweet again. I did tweet this morning. So, you know, back in the game. Nice. And um, I live. I, I, don't, I don't have a pity. Well, I, 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 think, I think compared to last week when I just got out of the dentist and I couldn't feel half my face, this week's pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. we have hot cross yeah. buns. For those of you um, who are listening, we actually have a plate of hot cross buns before us. One of which I have pre-buttered in anticipation oh, nice. of nibbling on. Very smart. And I'm not going to lie, I actually had two hot cross buns for breakfast this morning. There's no judgment up, around so. Easter, I feel. I think it's allowed. Should we get into it then? Yeah. Let's get into it. Her face says it all. This is not a message the Prime Minister wanted to deliver. Today I am announcing that the Coalition Government has ruled out implementing a capital gains tax. And it doesn't stop there. It's gone for good. Under my leadership, we will no longer campaign for or implement a capital gains tax. Not because I don't believe in it, 
but because I don't believe New Zealand does. The reason? Winston Peters wasn't having a bar of it. Mr Peters, is this a classic example of the tail wagging the dog? On New Zealand First's 26th birthday, its leader was flexing his political muscle. His party has a lot of supporters from the provinces and with second homes, and it wasn't something he could stomach. Well, until I could see some compelling evidence to change my mind, and I believe that the country would see it as well, which they didn't, then I wasn't going to change my mind. Bring in Simon Bridges. It's a big win for National. It's a big win for the, uh, the, the New Zealanders, for New Zealanders, I think, here. Uh, we've embarrassed the government into this. The tax working group, led by Sir Michael Cullen, took more than a year to come up with detailed recommendations. It cost $2 million. I always thought it would be very difficult to get uh, New Zealand first Mr Peters over the line on capital gains tax, so um, Labour and the Greens don't have the numbers between them, so there's no point in proceeding. A capital gains tax has always been a tough political sell, but Labour and the Greens campaigned on it. James Shaw even had this to say two months ago. The very last question that we should be asking ourselves is can we be re-elected if we do this? The only question we really ought to be asking ourselves is do we deserve to be re-elected if we don't? And now? Yes, this government does deserve to be re-elected. This is a big one to lose though, isn't it? Uh, well, for the Green Party, we have campaigned for a capital gains tax uh, for the whole two decades that we've been in, in Parliament. So yes, we are disappointed by today's decision. There's a long line of disappointed MPs tonight as they have to swallow this coalition dead rat. Such an interesting big development of this big flagship policy of Labour's. Um, a couple of things that I think are interesting. Um, we we got a tip, I heard from some Beehive sources it was happening the next day, we kind of heard whispers that it could be majorly watered down, but I think it's fair to say that it was a surprise for them completely backing off. Um, it was only 24 hours before that we'd kind of heard those whispers. Look, I think um, it's an it's a back down, it's a U-turn for the government, um, and they've had to suck it up. Winston Peters didn't support it. What's interesting, I think, is that the Prime Minister has gone um, even further than that in saying she's not doing it completely um, yeah. as Prime Minister. Really interesting stuff. And it means it's going to be a lot easier for her come 2020. This is off the agenda. So, yes, a win for National, short term, but now they haven't got that attack stick anymore. Lost a few bullets in the old, uh, the old uh, gun. Gun there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it raises so many interesting questions. Yeah. Um, for me, you get, you know, how on earth did they go through this whole process of getting the, um, you know, the tax working group to do this huge report? Spend eighteen months talking about it. You know, have all that uncertainty, allow themselves to be attacked non-stop by national, really successfully. You know, really hitting home, raising fears. You know. Um, I think it happened just before the Christchurch terror attack, but I, I went up one day and spent a day at a, um, uh, um, <clears throat> what do they call them, field days up in um, Manawatu. Everyone was talking about it. Mm. You know, people were really worried about the impact it was going to have on them and their field. <laughs> then they get to this week and say, oh, no, nah, we're not doing it. It's like, couldn't you have had that conversation, you know, at the start of your government and, yeah. you know, and, and avoided all the grief and, and causing all that uncertainty for so many 
for so many Kiwis. Not to mention the uh, $2 million price tag. Mm. Um, the biggest mm. thing, and I want to come back to what you said there, uh, Jessica, um, with the Prime Minister ruling it out under her watch, um, I, that's probably the biggest sort of uh, disappointment, I'd say, or, or um, surprise there that she uh, ruled it out um, completely under her leadership. I don't know if that particularly was necessary. I mean, she said herself that she believes um, that a capital gains tax is necessary and that it is about fairness, and yet she's ruled it out completely, even though we know Winston Peters was basically um, the spanner in the works there, and he's not going to be around for, uh, you know, it could be one term, but certainly not two, three terms, yet she's ruled it out completely under her watch, and I wonder if that was necessary. She she didn't have to go that far. Mm. That's the whole point. I also think that that her sell of saying, oh, I'm not going to do that because I don't think that that New Zealanders have the appetite for it. So first of all, you're in government as as Labour, right? You... You have had a mandate, whether whether you got there because of New Zealand First and because of the coalition, any, it doesn't matter, but you're there, so you have that mandate from the public to do that. Secondly, I think a point that you whispered to me yesterday in the, in the press conference was about the poll. We asked people, you know, if... Do you support the idea of a capital gains tax, you know, if you get some back? And and a large group of people did. So I think it's interesting that she's saying that the public don't have a mandate for it when she personally believes it and and our poll showed that a lot of people support it. So I just think it's I think that was an interesting line to take. And she basically <clears throat> scurried away from that when you did question her about the fact that our poll showed that there was support there uh, and then she just you didn't really hear, hear her relying on that uh, explanation further into that press conference. Mm. I think it raises some interesting issues too about what this means. Um, at the next next election, you know, National has sort of continually attacked them over, you know, capital gains tax. Now she's ruled out in the future, so that's gone. But also for the Greens, you know, who have who have always called for a capital gains tax, what do they do going to the next election? Do they campaign on it saying we want it, knowing that they're never going to get it in? If they, you know, did end up having to go in a possible scenario, if they did end up having to go with Labor again after the next election, well, do you? Do you not campaign on it? What, what do they do? You know, it's a it's a matter of fairness, um, like Labor and the Greens have said for a, for a long, long time. Um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what what the Greens do here. Um, do they stick to their guns and campaign on something that would be? almost impossible to get. Especially when James Shaw came out with that strong statement in the House saying that we don't deserve to be re-elected if we do not um, come through on this. And then in yesterday's press conference, he basically said, yeah, you win some, you lose some. And it's just like, well, I don't know if, if, uh, if, you know, voters um, will be that accepting of such a flippant sort of, you know, ah, well, you know, we don't deserve to be re-elected if we don't get this over the line. Oh, well, you lose some, you win some, you lose some. What are we interesting, though, is to see the win some. So what what and how quickly after this they get their nugget, like New Zealand First has got theirs today. Do you know what I mean? So I think we'll see what their trade-off and what their win is, and I wonder if that might come um, before the budget or in the budget, their little their little sweetener. It certainly was an environment tax because we saw Gareth Hughes complaining about that on Facebook, I think it was, mm. um, that they didn't see any sort of major moves in that space. Yeah, yeah, definitely a decision that benefits the wealthiest people in New Zealand, you know, and arguably at the expense of those at the bottom of the pile. Yeah, but yeah, such a big and interesting story mm. um, in the lead up to Easter. 
So should we switch to another big one this week? And that has been gun laws. Well, it wasn't a great segue there, sorry guys. But yeah, let's get into the gun laws story. Firearms, ammunition, accessories, all now illegal following swift changes by the government. The idea that, that 50 lives could be taken in, in less than a half an hour is something um, that, that shows why it needed to happen. And most New Zealanders seem to agree. In the latest One News Colmar Brunton poll, we asked, following the Christchurch terrorist attack, the government has acted to make semi-automatic weapons illegal alongside other measures. Thinking about our gun laws, do you think the government's action goes too far? 14% say it does. But the majority, 61%, say it's about right. 19% say it doesn't go far enough, and the rest don't know. We owe this to the 50 victims of that terrorist attack to get this right and to go hard. But the Council of Licensed Firearm Owners say the government has gone too hard. We tend to sit in the it's gone too far basket, uh, but we would be able to relook at that once the buyback is underway. We need to see details of that. Uh, we need to see fair market value for law-abiding citizens. The government has said the next wave of firearm changes will focus on licensing as well as a gun register. And while it's promising more time for public consultation, some say it should hold off completely until after the Royal Commission of Inquiry is complete in December. What is the point in changing legislation in areas such as licensing when a, an inquiry has not yet been completed? We've known the issues for years, so I don't think we move too fast at all. In Christchurch, some hope the government's changes will extend to hate speech. It's not something new and they showed that they can act quickly on this one. A call to action from a community that's lost so much. So some really interesting numbers there. Obviously, um, the biggest concern was around the time, but even still, uh, it went through and the government obviously elated to see that they do have the majority support there um, backing them. Even interestingly, um, interesting enough, uh, there were some who thought it didn't go far mm. enough. Um, so what did you make of those numbers, Benedict? You are, I kind of wasn't that surprised to see that was it about a fifth of the people kind of felt that it didn't go far enough? Because a lot of people just have nothing to do with guns, right? And sort of don't understand the logic for them. You know, people like myself, you know, who almost never, ever have anything to do with firearms. It's kind of hard to understand that point of people really, you know, wanting and needing them. Sort of off the, obviously on the farm or whatever, you might have pest control and stuff like that. So I wasn't too surprised to see those numbers. And I think, you know, even when we were at those police um, conferences and stuff, and they're showing you, you know the the assault weapons. It's it, you sort of sit there and you're like, why, why would people need those? Um, so yeah, I was I was not too surprised with where um, the numbers fell. Just a quick quick note on the um, didn't go far enough numbers. Um, the people or the the sort of sector more likely to say that were old people is what the poll yeah. found as well, which is not surprising. Eh? And I just wonder if it, I went to and I only will digress for one moment, but I spent a little bit of time in New Hampshire um, and their kind of slogan is live free or die and that's in regard to um, your right to be able to bear arms. And I just reckon that, and I, I remember being quite fascinated by this at the time because I'm in this, you know, I've, I've shot a gun a few times on a farm and blah, 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 but it's not a big, big part of, you know, I don't own one or anything. And um, I just think that whole feeling of my right to bear arms. Mm. Um, it's a foreign thing for us in New Zealand, but there must be a, a small element of society. You know, the farmers, the people um, 
I know there are a lot of Hunters. people who yeah, or do it for fun. Yeah. Go yeah. to um, driving ranges who are really good at shooting, who do it as a hobby, who um, feel like guns are beautiful. All of that, all of that kind of stuff. So I do think it's um, it, it's interesting the New Zealand psyche that um, for most people living in in towns and cities that it's not really a huge thing on our radar. But there is that group who will be hugely affected. By this. And just looking forward, some big issues still yet around the gun, uh, the buyback mm. uh, scheme, um, waiting for the detail on that. And then also the phase two, obviously we heard in that track that the, uh, some people are wanting um, that phase two to sort of be held off until after the Royal Commission of Inquiry, um, which is an interesting point. Yeah. yeah. Should we check out our track on the polls? This is the halfway point for the government. We're now 18 months in, so let's take a look. Labour is on 48, up three since our last poll in February. The party hasn't been that high since the Prime Minister announced she was pregnant last year. National is down to 40, dropping two, its lowest number since 2017. The Greens are steady on six, New Zealand First has crept up to four, but still falls short of that 5% threshold needed to get into Parliament, and ACT is stagnating on one. So how does that translate to seats in Parliament? Labour gets 60 seats, so can almost make it by itself. Remember, 61 is that magic number needed. Add an eight from the Greens and they have a big majority. There are still 51 blue seats, though, but with only one from ACT, they fall short. Now let's go to the preferred Prime Minister numbers. Jacinda Ardern has shot up 7% to 51. That's her highest number ever. Simon Bridges slipping down again, tanking on just five. That's the lowest he's ever been. Harshly, it's the same number as Judith Collins. And Winston Peters is still resonating. 3% want him as Prime Minister. Those numbers put a huge chasm between Jacinda Ardern and Simon Bridges. In the wake of tragedy, the Prime Minister has been front and centre. A month on from the Christchurch attack, it's reflecting in the polls. Add in a trip to China and the attention on Jacinda Ardern here and overseas has been immense. I just know I've got a job to do on behalf of New Zealand and I'm doing it. The Prime Minister has fronted and has done a good job. A good job, but Labour's still well below national. It reached a lofty 57 under John Key. I get you know, feedback from the public. You know, letters are as important to me as polls. Uh, and I know when I'm uh, fulfilling people's expectations and when I'm not. When it comes to preferred Prime Minister, 51 is her highest number ever. But John Key got 59 after the Christchurch quakes. And Helen Clark got 52 at the end of her first term. Simon Bridges isn't making double digits anymore. Were you gutted with 5% as preferred Prime Minister? No, I think what matters is the party vote. I'm pleased with where I'm at, but I know that we've got work to do. You're pleased with five? Uh, yeah, I'm pleased leading a party that's in the 40s. But you can't have a leader of the opposition people don't like. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I'm happy with where I'm at. I think it's a function of name recognition. And look who's lurking in the background. 
Judith Collins doesn't have the national machinery behind her leadership. Why is she getting 5%? I think we've got a bunch of great MPs who are really doing a good job and they're all focused uh, on holding the government to account. His other problem is ACT. It isn't helping and he has no other friends. There's uh, a new Green Party being talked of. Uh, there is um, a, a, the, the idea of a, a Māori party up and running again. And there's a variety of conservative type parties there in the wings as well. But Simon Bridges is putting up a fight. Whether it's capital gains tax, whether it's rising costs of living, there's economy weakening and a budget that I don't think will deliver what Labor has said. He's now got to deliver some political punches to stay in the game. So when we revealed those numbers, I did quite a big ring around on Monday and um, spoke to several members of the caucus who um, wanted to chat off the record um, to me about this. Um, that's where you, they'll talk to you freely, but they don't want you the saying... The National Caucus. The National yeah, Caucus, yeah, yeah. They don't want you saying, for anyone who doesn't understand, they just don't want you saying um, their name or, or that the fact that they talk to you. But it's a, And it's a good way for journalists to kind of glean where people mm. are at and where yeah. their minds are at. Um, I think that I definitely got a sense that the language had changed. I Pretty much most polls, I'll give, give a few of the players a call. Um, some talk, some don't. Um, and I definitely felt like the language around the leadership had changed. But I think in terms of the timing, it's not, not yet. I think um, Simon Bridges has still got some time to either improve those numbers, um, rebuild some of those relationships... Or and if and if it doesn't, then I think that um, we will see an interesting little little scrap on our hands. See, I think it's remarkable that we even people are even considering, you know, whether Bridges is the right person to remain as the leader of the National Party. You know, given the uh, events over the last month, which uh, you know almost solely focused on the Prime Minister, her trip, you know, the Christchurch attack, the trip to China, they've had they've had all the limelight during that time um, when we polled was sort of right at the end of that. Um, and National's still sitting on 40. I mean, I think yeah. such, you know, after 18 months in opposition, um, and, I, and I know it's been a pretty bleak few weeks for Simon Bridges in terms of, the, you know, the emotional junior staff and the, and the culture review and other and, and other issues. And for them to still to be sitting on 40, I, I just think... But five, this is what I yeah. keep coming back to. Uh, and I know that he's like, oh, the party vote is what's important. Yeah. Yes, you're right. You can't have, as I say in the story... You can't have a leader of the opposition people do not like. Five shows they do not like him. And it's just, it, like, that's the th- Do you know what I mean? Like, I just think that yeah. you're... And I, think, I, think, I, I just think preferred prime minister is such a stacked, such a stacked... Well, it's uh, obviously not too on. stacked for Judith Collins, though. She's managing to sort of get well, her number no in the five, though. Yeah, but, but she she's, doesn't have the machinery. She doesn't have the machinery. Her. She's never been the leader. He's been in that role for a long time now. I think you know it's 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 a legitimate question to ask, a legitimate hmm. a legitimate challenge, perhaps to mount uh, as to why he's not sort of creeping up and why he's got a, a sort of mate in his caucus that's running at the same numbers as him. He should be extremely worried. I think you know he went on that sort of national road show uh, where he got to meet the people. Well, he's basically on the news every night. You know, he's on the radio. If he's talking about name recognition. I think if his name isn't recognised, you know, now this this deep in, um, then that, that's a legitimate question to I ask. I think you're right that while there's a four in front of the party vote, he's got an argument to make with his caucus for sure. So I totally agree with that point. But I do think that... Um, he and, and to be fair, he hasn't been on the news that much for the last month yeah. with Christchurch, and and he hasn't. You know what I mean? So I think there's a little bit of an argument there. But 
but he's been in the role for a long yeah. time. It's and not like this poll is just focused on. on I mean, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. his, in terms of name recognition, he's been in that role for but a while that's now. Five. That's the, you know, and that's they, the in lowest. those forties, they're scraping down on on, on the bottom forties now. You know, so it won't be long. <laughs> so, it won't be long. Yeah, okay. And I think there is, you know, it is starting to slide, right? But national support, it, it, it's been coming down. There's a bit of Christchurch after that, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. there's a little and, bit of the Christchurch factor. I wonder how yeah, the um, yeah, capital and gains I just wonder, tax will play into it now. You know, there's still such a strong, even where they're polling now, you know, 40 after the, you know, events of the last month. Yeah, mm. and we've, like, we've all agreed that now that uh, the government have ruled out a capital gains tax, yeah. that that's taken you know a bit of ammo um, out of Nationals' sort of bag. Um, so I wonder if that'll sort of you know when they don't have you know yeah, such a strong be, issue it's, to yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what on. happens. Interesting. Now, right? But if I was National, go. I would be playing up that Winston is dominating the government. Winston, the tail that wags the dog, all of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like you. I just would be playing that lineup because people hate that. You know what I mean? People don't like the idea that Winston's got all this control because he's mm. a he's a small party. Like he's not. Well, unless you're against a capital gains tax, then you'd probably be quite chuffed. Wouldn't but you? but yeah. you know what I mean? Even, yeah. even if you're chuffed about the capital gains tax, I still don't think people love the idea of a small party. Like I still think this. MMP idea, yeah, controlling the government. Yeah, yeah. Controlling but the those government people who will hate it the most will be like te- likely uh, sitting on the left, and you know they've they've barely got anywhere else to go, to be honest. But it's yeah, this is why polls are so interesting. This is it just there's so many fascinating elements to all of that, all of this stuff. So um, it'll be very interesting to see what the next poll says. Yeah. We shall wait with bated breath. Love consistent polling. Yeah, well, it's good, isn't it? Because you get to see. You get to see the exactly um, it's the trends, yeah, the trends, it's the trends. Right? yeah. yeah. Um, another huge story this week that broke um, on Monday was the story about the Kiwi nurse. So let's take a look at your story on that. Sixty-two-year-old Louisa Akavi's kidnapping in Syria was kept quiet by the government until this week, as efforts were made to rescue her. The foreign minister indicating that we got close. We do think that on the way through there were occasions when we were highly encouraged by what was happening and then something would happen and change and all of a sudden we were further away from our target. What would change? What would change? Well, a wholesale movement of people. The Red Cross controversially decided to make the hostage situation public, infuriating Mr Peters, who went on the attack on Australian TV today. But we certainly will have uh, them tell us why they screwed up this information, because a screw-up it is, and I'm sad about that, because the Red Cross in the main does a great job. I'm not critical necessarily of, of the naming, but you know, we acknowledge that it will be a difficult time uh, for her, her family given what's happened. The Red Cross was under the impression it had the government's support. I am really confident uh, uh, that our communication was uh, aligned and that we uh, took that decision uh, together. It's balderdash. It's not true. This wasn't a case we wanted in the public domain. 
Mr Peters has accused the Red Cross of further endangering her life. We think so, yes. Look, it's, it's very difficult to know these things. It's, it's so complex. This former top diplomat calling for cool heads. I think everybody needs to keep their powder dry here. Uh, we're, we're both going to need one another for a long while to come. The government's promising it will keep searching. And the fact of the matter is we went there looking for someone in the most extremely difficult, changing circumstances and we've never given up hope and we're not giving up hope now. But after nearly six years as an ISIS hostage, Louisa Akavi's trail appears to have gone cold. Yeah, so look, this was a story that you know, New Zealand media outlets and the government have been keeping quiet for you know five and a half years. Um, the government really keen, trying to keep the publicity out of it, uh, with the rationale that her life would be more in danger if you know ISIS sort of knew you know, that she had a high profile here or whatever. And especially, I guess, in the early back five and a half years ago, when people, you know, their hostages were regularly being publicly beheaded. Um, but it kind of. Yeah, Interesting that it came out this week. Interesting how it played out too with um, you know, the government having kept New Zealand media quiet about it so long and then Red Cross just going going with the New York Times and sort of revealing all the um, details of the story. But my understanding is there's basically a couple of scenarios of what could have happened with the nurse. And that is, I think, Islamic State basically got holed up in a place called Bagus in Syria. It was its last... Um, a stronghold and they got basically destroyed out of there and so there's a, a, a few different scenarios one is that um, the leadership of Islamic State felt she was so valuable as a nurse that they've boosted her out of there with them and they're heading back towards maybe Mosul in Iraq um, or that they escaped out over <coughs> over um, I think the Euphrates River and, and basically made their way into the desert but the, another scenario is that um, uh, that basically she was killed there, and if she was killed there in the, during the fighting, I think uh, no one's very confident that they'd ever be able to get her body back because I think there's so many uh, people who were killed there that they're basically putting them in big, big pits, and there's very little identification work going. Um, and the third, uh, I'm not sure how likely this scenario is, but that she's made her way into one of those big refugee camps, and that's what you know the Red Cross and the government were really crossing their fingers, hoping for um, that she had made her way there and would basically identify herself. And that's the thing out of the story as well. There's still that's so much that is unknown, mm. um, and and this was kind of like their last last bid to say, hey, can you to raise some kind of attention around her? Um, it is just an extraordinary story, um, and it's and it's very rare for um, media organisations to agree um, for yeah. not publication. The justification was that um, she was. <coughs> Um, would be put more if they she have a target on her head effectively, and I think that that's what um, that was that was the argument, and I think that's the reason. I know that we had some very strong debates about that at um, TVNZ with at various points about whether it was you know whether we should, and, and ultimately we agreed, like a lot of other media, that you know you can't put this person's life in danger anymore. Um, but we've now got to a point where the situation in Syria has changed and it's cleared out yeah. and changing and developing um, and it was now time for the story to break. So A little disappointing, I guess, that you know you did have so many senior journalists here in New Zealand and media organisations who did sort of keep that code of silence for so long and then it was given to the New York Times. Extremely yeah. frustrating. And the government basically burned all the journalists here who had played along. Exactly. Um, or MFAT, you know, and burned all the media outlets that had played the game and... 
gone with them and let the New York Times get the jump on the story, knowing that it was coming. Yeah, really frustrating, and um, and and that's a question for them to answer. Yeah, I guess. but also, yeah, and also quite a spectacular attack um, that Mr. Peters launched um, with one of our colleagues in the gallery with Sky Sky News Australia mm. this week on the Red Cross. Um, he sort of toned down his rhetoric later that day, but as you saw in my track, you know, he was he was furious um, with the Red Cross. Um, who who knows whether it's, it was a, sh- a shared joint misunderstanding or whatever, but I know the government's just adamant that they told them again and again and again they did not want this um, going public. And I think there's a difference with, with language saying, we don't want this made public, that's our line, but now that you're going to make it public, let's arrange this, this and this. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I think there's a difference of that, whereas um, you know the government said that this was still a critical well, you know what we were t- being told behind the scenes is this is still a critical time. So, yeah, th- lots of lots of layers to this story, um, lots of elements all twining in, and just a really interesting story about this um, re- very interesting woman's life and um, and and her story. And and imagine if she is found, you and, know, imagine the stories and, and how how often she, you know, sort of avoided very narrowly being being killed herself and yeah. keep going back into those kind of extreme violent situations and, yeah. and areas in order to try to try to help people yeah and i just yeah. think the fact that she's a nurse and just the stories she would be able to tell uh you know beyond most of our comprehension mm. um so it'll just we'll just now have to wait and see um how how things play out and and um i guess a lot of people including her family obviously will be um hoping that you know, with was seventy thousand in those refugee camps. Yeah. That was the number. So there's a lot of people to go through and hope that she is among them somewhere. Um, so we will we will wait and see how that story develops. Shall we wrap up there, Mikey? And let yeah. everyone get on with Easter. Is it me? Is it yeah. me? All right. Um, great to have you with us. This was Inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering on One News. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Also on uh, Spotify. It's available every Thursday or Friday evening on the One News Facebook page. Uh, and check us out on your favourite podcasting app. See you after Easter. Yeah.